Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Nerd Degree! Hello everyone and welcome to the Nerd Degree. My name is Brendan Bennett and I will be your host for this our second annual Star Wars special. Yes, this is episode two. And so, like all good episode twos, we'll kill a bunch of Tuscan Raiders, I guess. Um, so, this is, a, this is a follow-up to last year's Star Wars special. Last year, I uh, underestimated the power of the uh, nerdery on display. Um, I mean, yeah, I expected that maybe some of the nerds would be able to recognise that the band in the cantina was called Figur and Dan and the Modal Nodes. Maybe they might know that the style of music was jizz. <laughs> but I didn't expect that they would know that, uh, <laughs> that uh, Figur and Dan played the clue horn <laughs> um, or that Lyra and Karen played second clue horn. <laughs> if you don't know what a clue horn is, it's slightly larger than a slither horn. Um, <laughs> so, similar, to, similar to a fizz with three Zs, it's a little bigger. Um, that's all factual. Um, <laughs> For a given, given value of factual. Yeah. With, okay, within this, within this yes. show, that, that is what counts Ooh, as a fact. Canon, canon yes. Mm. Yes. Um, so, let's meet our teams. So, starting down this end. Hi there, my name is Jeff Clark. I'm an improviser, comedian, writer, and uh, marketing person. And um, I, uh, I'm a big fan of Star Wars. My, I, I agonised over when to show my children Star Wars for the first time, and what order to show them the films first. Um, I went with the original trilogy. Um, unfortunately, I was forced to go with special editions, but it was a successful, uh, su- successful endeavour, and now my son wants to dress as a Jedi all the time. Hi, I'm Moata Tamaira. I'm a librarian and a blogger and um, also an improviser in the fact that I don't really know what I'm doing with my life in any given moment. Um, and I also really love Star Wars. Uh, in fact, I once attended my CPIT graduation dressed as Princess Leia. It was 1997, cast your minds back, and the, um, the special edition was coming out at the movies on the same day as my graduation, which presented me with something of a logistical challenge, so I just decided to wear the same outfit to both things. <laughs> which Princess Leia? Well, actually, <laughs> well, I was I was uh, um, had a like a white hooded blouse because it was the nineties and you buy that kind of thing. Um, I went with white mini skirt and white boots, so it was kind of rave layer, very <laughs> of the time. All right, fantastic. So together you're forming a team. What is your team called? We are Gin and the Holocrons. Gin and the Holocrons, everyone. <laughs> Now, in the red corner. Hello, uh, my name is Ben Allen. I am a sub editor, but my first job was programming binary load lifters. <laughs> <laughs> Very similar to your moisture evaporators in many respects. Uh, and, and my earliest memory of Star Wars is as, a, as a, about a six year old trying to go to Return of the Jedi, and we couldn't go uh, twice in a row because it was sold out both weekends. And then when we finally did go, I remember, like, cowering in terror when Luke was getting electrocuted by the Emperor. I literally could not watch. That is probably the earliest thing I can remember in my entire life, is not being able to watch Luke getting electrocuted on screen. Yeah. It's mm. really special. It was, special. <laughs> it was terrifying. I didn't know if he was going to be okay. As it turned out, he was. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, sorry. yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry anyone. <laughs> Uh, and I am Jen O'Sullivan, and I'm from Wellington, and I'm an improviser and a producer. I almost forgot. And uh, my early Star Wars memories are of um, staying up late to watch the TV versions and like being allowed to like curl up in the sleeping bags, and then rewatching over and over again the meticulously recorded versions on VHS that had no ads in them. No. So we had like the um, the Star Wars graphic go. And then we go back into it, and it was beautiful. My father was diligent. It's a really lost art form, isn't it? So, so much so. You know, you, you can just, just go pause, and you can go fast forward, and you can go backwards, like, on regular TV. Also, you don't need to watch TV. <laughs> Not a thing. Yeah. Uh, so together, you will be... Uh, we will be General Skucks. General, General Skucks, everyone. <laughs> Now, for this episode, I've assigned all of the nerds homework. 
Uh, and so our first round is going to be the poetry round. <laughs> Each nerd has had to compose a poem about Star Wars. Um, just because, just because I could. Um, so um, let's see. We'll, let's start with uh, Jin and the Holocrons. Jeff, I would like a... Oh, actually, you know, before we get to the poetry reading, there's one other person that I have to introduce. Uh, we are lucky enough to be joined by one of uh, the Rebel Alliance's uh, greatest leaders. Uh, keeping scores tonight, it's General Dodona. General Dodona, are you with us? Yes, Brendan, here I am. This is General Dodona here of the Rebel Alliance, watching from a secret hidden location. <laughs> uh, been through a lot of battles and I've seen a lot of shit go down in this galaxy. I'm looking forward to seeing the outcome of this. Yeah, that's the general Dodona I remember from the movies. Um, that's great. So you're going to be watching one more battle uh, here today and you're going to be keeping track of that. Ladies and gentlemen, General Dodona. All right, sorry for interrupting. Jeff, uh, your no poem, please. It's something of a beat poem, so... Um... <laughs> Ode to 3PO I get annoyed when I see a droid denied service to a cantina Who are we to say they must be turned away They let in creatures with skin that is greener The war of the clones and the droids blood and chrome False flag, false fight, false war Judge not the colour of their tin But the quality of their programming Did they know what they were fighting for? Bad motivation, restraining bolts, an alien nation, it's not their fault! More machine than man isn't twisted and evil. Let BB-8 drink that blue milk with all the other people. <laughs> Gonk. <laughs> yeah, clock, everyone. That was, that was awesome. I uh, really brought out C-3PO's poetic side, which I don't mm. think comes across. No. Uh, okay, Mwata. Uh, well, mine's a limerick because it's nice and short. Yes, for which I thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's about our favourite giant slug. There once was a hut, name of Jabba, a misogynist slug made of blubber. In a bikini of brass, Leia strangled his ass for making her dress like a scrubber. Yeah. <laughs> All right, two very good poems. Let's go over to General Skucks. Sure, well, this is a uh, poetical rebuke to everyone's least favourite uh, Admiral in the Imperial Command Structure, <laughs> Admiral Motti. Which one's oh, he's, the, he's the guy that Darth Vader chokes in the briefing room with uh, the force. Yeah. So this, is called, this poem's called Suck It, Admiral Motti. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed. Don't be too proud of your rank badge or the princess you abducted. That only short stormtrooper, what you think he bought a Wookiee for? I hate to break it to you, but those were the droids you're looking for. <laughs> Don't be too proud for even as you sneer and rebel, R2 shuts the garbage mashes down on the detention level. Plucky rebels nibble at your power just like Minox. An entire legion of the Emperor's best will lose to Ewoks. <laughs> Don't be too proud, Darth Vader's not a great employer. Don't be too proud, an A-Wing's wrecked your Super Star Destroyer. Things went well on Hoth. I'll give you that one, maybe. But even in your victory, we'd tripped up an at <laughs> Don't be too proud. It's an instinct that needs curbing. I know you don't believe me. I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> uh, and finally, Jen. Oh, okay, so, um, well, I've actually got an English degree, so um, <laughs> I've written a, uh, a, a sonnet, and it's called Damn, Poe Dameron. <laughs> My lover's clothes are nothing like the ones you find in stores like Hellenstein's and such. His pants, they fit so tight across his buns, I love to watch him go. How much? So much. <laughs> Though broad his chest, his peckered shirt does strain the bounds of my imagination so... My body is a spaceship, and I need a pilot to caress it to and fro. I know where his fine jacket would look best, full crumpled in a heap upon my floor. Do I talk first or he? Oh, hashtag blessed. He can fly anything, and we will soar. 
And when he bites his lip, I am undone. Not quite how the force works, but damn, it's fun. <laughs> Jen, everyone. <laughs> Okay, now to score that round. Uh, um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I'm going to give... Um, yep. Some points to both teams. Yes! <laughs> General Donna, you've got, you've got those points down. Thank you. Great. I do. Uh, I do. In fact, that, uh, that, ra- that round uh, reminded me of a time um, when... Uh, we attacked the first, for the first Death Star, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, both sides fought bravely. There were many casualties. But in the end, we were having a good time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Good. Great. Okay, let's move on. That's the level. Good. That's the level. There it is. Good. Good. Ooh. Let the puns swell within you. Let's move on to our next round. This is the Nerd Quotient round where I'll be asking some Star Wars trivia of various kinds. Uh, ring in if you have an answer. Uh, so uh, let's start with uh, this. I'm going to put up... Uh... So we know that some of the technology in Star Wars uh, is already starting to come true. So we now have uh, kind of uh, robots, not too different from C-3PO. But uh, looking at these uh, bits of technology here, my question for you is, which pieces of these technologies are now a reality? So uh, for starters, Jen, could you just describe for the listeners at home what we're looking at? Absolutely. So in the top left, we've got uh, a droid army from, I'm going to go with uh, Attack of the Clones, the second and third ones. Which one? The first one. The very first one? Oh, God. I haven't watched that one for a while. On purpose. Um, and then we've got a picture of a stormtrooper on one of those sweet ridey things. This, I'm, this, I really just it's want to watch. It's a speeder bike. It's a speeder bike. I'm going to keep doing this, and I, I want to just watch your faces okay. while I keep going with this. Then we have Luke Skywalker next to what I'm pretty sure is a water thing. Mm. Yeah, mm. It, it like sucks water out of the air because it's a water farm. A moisture evaporator. Moisture evaporator. Yeah. And then there's a lightsaber. I knew that one. <laughs> okay, but this, also, this, there's, there's not just a lightsaber in that picture. There's also the little trainee droid, which floats in the air. Yes. Okay, good. That's right. How um, do you do? Yeah, pretty good. Okay, good. <laughs> so those are the bits of technology. Now, some uh, of these bits of technology are now a reality or arguably a reality. Which ones? Uh, as we, see that bottom right one that Luke has got clothes on. And those have been around for a while now, and a lot of us had them on right now. Yes. Um, yeah, that's true, but no. Uh, is it like hover, like the hover bike? Because you can, they can kind of do that with now with magnets, and so that's sort of on the way. Ooh, like the maglev trains. Yeah, maglev mm. trains, just like general, like uh, like jetpacks and stuff. General jetpacks and yeah, stuff. General jetpacks and stuff. General jetpack. Uh, yep, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking for more specific answers than that. Good. Oh. Yeah, Jeff. Oh, I, w- I would posit that all of the things on that screen are, uh, are, are real in some form or another. I mean, um, we have drone technology, we have flying drones, we have robot drones, uh, not in the exact same shape and form of the ones in the uh, Phantom Menace, but they're definitely walking robot drones and things like that. The, the speeder bike, as before mentioned, we have the glider, the speeder, the floating things there. Moisture farms, they can definitely extract moisture from the air. Dehumidifiers are in many people's houses. Um, is, there a, is there an actual robot army though? Is, there, is that one of Trump's policies? Like, just oh like... god, don't. He's gonna, he'll hear this and he'll tweet about it and it'll become a thing. Um, yeah, there, there are. Um, so I'll put some pictures up here. So uh, there are, yeah, robot uh, armies now, or they can be built. They have the technology. Uh, someone has invented a speeder bike. Uh, which we can see there. Um, we've also got a picture of a bike-mounted uh, moisture evaporator. Mm-hmm. And that final picture is uh, a remote-controlled drone uh, that they use on the uh, International Space Station. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was actually directly modelled on the little circle uh, round uh, 
blaster thingy from the That is the specific name for it, right? Because NASA scientists are nerds. <laughs> yeah. Is this, is this yeah. one up at the top left, the one that, like, they keep making videos of people kicking them over? Just to demonstrate how good they are at staying up, but it just looks like we're being dicks to robots. Yeah, yeah. that is going to come it back and bite us when the uprising happens. To be fair, that speeder bike looks a bit more like a speeder couch, which I actually would be in favour of if anyone wants to make one of those. A speeder couch would be incredible. Um, any other Star Wars technology that uh, has come to reality? Made significant improvements in hairstyles. Mm. Do we have blue milk? <laughs> if, you, if you leave it out long enough, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have that technology, yep. Food coloring uh, NASA's working on that theoretical hyperdrive that uh, technically might work. Yeah, working on. Yeah, working yeah. on. Well, there is that experiment. The experimental drive does work, and they just can't figure out how. <laughs> like, they've, they've done experiments, and it actually would work, and they're just not sure, 100% sure where all this extra energy is coming from. So, things could go badly. <laughs> Yay! Mm. Um, so, bionic hands. Yep. Uh, we can make those. Holographic messages we can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can do. We can't just do holographic messages. We can do holographic performances at major concerts <laughs> of yep. dead people. Mm. Yep. Uh, tractor beams. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Uh, sonic tractor beams is what they can. Uh, what they can do at the moment using miniature loud speakers to create acoustic fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Iron so. lungs. Iron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Breathing apparatus. <laughs> yep. Okay. Fair enough. Um, All right, let's move on to the next question. Um, How did an Imperial informant show his true grit? I think there was an actor in a thing called True Grit who is also an actor in Star Wars. Ben, uh, what's the name of this character? Oh, I didn't know that. I can tell you his his alien life cycle. He likes to drink people's essence. I'm pretty sure that's that. I thought this was like there's a book of short stories which is about every background character that is in in Star Wars. Uh, Tales Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina, I think. Mm. He's got a whole chapter in that. And it's pretty much about how he likes to um, I don't think of the right one. It's about how he likes to drink people's life essences. This sounds. This yeah. sounds right. His, yeah. his, his name is Garandan. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, I, yeah. think, I think he's nicknamed Beat Nose or something like that. Yeah. Um, but who provided his voice? Oh wait, wait a second. Sorry, did, did I just? That? Did what I just hear? Bridges was it from from True Grip? You have to go further back. Oh, oh my God, John Wayne. <laughs> yes, John, John Wayne. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Now, arguably, he didn't, he didn't provide it voluntarily. Um, uh, they, they, uh, they took his, uh, his voice from stock audio and um, processed it to, uh, to make the voice of Garandan. Uh, so, yeah, but it is the voice of John Wayne. Uh, I was totally joking. <laughs> Keep it up. Mm. Points. Okay, uh, can you want to tell me, speaking of minor characters, can you want to tell me who Captain Kirgi is? Okay. Is he the guy who keeps on getting Captain Kirk's emails by accident? <laughs> I know I'm jumping genres here. He may do, he may do. Um, here he is here. Um, uh, he's, he's the uh, Im- imperial officer who can't whistle and never learn. <laughs> <laughs> he's the guy who's all about the scanning crews. That's right. Uh, Captain Kirk, what made him so excellent? His attention to proper protocol. He insisted on scanning properly. <coughs> Crisply pressed dress uniform, man. Yeah. Is very... it because he's got half a packet of strepsils on the front of his jacket? <laughs> <laughs> it's like he has two separate pens, one on each side. Yeah. Was he... Did he show up in one of the Bill and Ted movies? Uh, that's, a, that's a reasonable... You've picked up on the, the clue in the question, but, but question maybe if we change the, the emphasis, what made him so excellent? Is he George... Is he Montgomery Jones? Harry Shearer provided his voice. Right. So in Star Wars, a lot of uh, actors got their voices dubbed over. Mm. And um, Harry Shearer was called in to dub a lot of the extras' voices, including Captain Kirgi. So there you go. I thought he was Captain Corgi. (laughs) (laughs) It's a totally different voice. Cliff from Cheers is in The Empire Strikes Back. Cliff from Cheers. Uh, John uh, Ratzenberger. He's the guy that says nothing more can be done tonight. The shield doors must be closed. Is 
John Ratzenberger from all of the all uh, of the Pixar films, all of the as, Pixar well. films <laughs> as well. Yeah. Okay, well, on that subject, um, Force, The Force Awakens had a massive number of celebrity cameos, people who turned up in very, very minor roles. Mm. I'll give you points if you can name any celebrity cameos that appear. Uh, I'll go with Jeff first. Daniel Craig. Uh, yeah, as... Daniel Craig was the uh, stormtrooper who was guarding Rey while she was strapped to the table, and she used the Jedi mind trick on him for the first time. Absolutely right. Anyone else? Simon mm. Pegg. Yes, as Ankar Plutt. Correct, that's what it I was going to say. It was the junkyard. It was the junkyard. Oh, no. yes. The junkyard guy. Yep, I've got a lot more here. Um, okay. If anyone can name oh, any... Oh, that's my two. I guess, I guess maybe if we widen our interpretation of what a celebrity uh, or a... Okay. <laughs> uh, not the Kardashians. Oh, not the Kardashians, no. Oh, Lin-Manuel Miranda and J.J. Abrams are singing the uh, Java Jive in the... Uh, in, in the bar that yes. they visit. Yes, I'll oh give you God. that. Um, and, uh, yeah, J.J. Abrams famous for bringing along his friends. Uh, uh, Greg, what's his name? Grunberg. Uh, Greg Grunberg as Snap Weekly. Yes. Okay. Uh, anyone else? Um, most, of the, most of the cast of Game of Thrones appears in it because they're the same casting director. Uh, <laughs> Peter uh, Dinklage in there? No, um, oh. the ones that they didn't have to pay very much, I think. <laughs> <laughs> they have Warwick Davis as a go-to already. Uh, Warwick Davis, yep, I'll, I'll give you points for him. Uh, it, he plays Wallavan uh, in the Mascanata's Cantina. Let's see, who else? Ewan McGregor makes a cameo appearance. Oh, as a voice oh, yes. and raised vision. Mm-hmm. Yep, he had to record an extra line for it. BB-8, anyone know? Oh, oh, oh I knew oh, that. that was... Did J.J. Abrams do something? No, someone did some of the dialogue. Was it Billy West or...? Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Uh, from Saturday Night Live oh, and Ben Schwartz, uh, the comedian, both uh, contributed to the voice of BB-8. Mm. Uh, the so, cast of The Raid. Mm. Uh, oh, yep. Yeah. Um, Sir Alec Guinness um, had some of his dialogue edited into the, uh, into the film in order to... Uh, he didn't do any special uh, lines for it, <laughs> for some reason. He, he didn't, <laughs> didn't come back for it. Um, Probably wouldn't have been into it anyway. Let's see, who else? Um, uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter. Carrie Fisher's daughter uh, plays yeah. Lieutenant Connix yep. with nice. the iconic uh, bun hairdo. Nice. Um, any other family members? Didn't one of Chewie's relatives get a job as caterer? As, like, <laughs> ne- <laughs> ran- it's all about who you know. Uh, Count Dooku's uh, niece, Dame Harriet Walter, uh, is, the, is the doctor who patches Chewie up at the end. Oh, ah. that's cute. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's move on. Right. Mm. Let's talk about murder. Yay! Mm. Finally. <laughs> Which character has the highest number of on-screen kills in Star Wars movies? Ooh. Oh, goodness me. Wait. Oh, on-screen, on-screen kills. kills. I'm not counting say, Alderaan. I was going to go with like, oh, the death Moff star, but, Like yeah. Luke yeah. mows through a fair number of people in, on Jabba's sand barge. There. He like, really takes out like, and probably a few blasted stormtroopers. Mm. Uh, oh, Anakin? Is correct. Mm. Mm. Yes. He's the bad one. Yeah. Yes. Specifically, I mean... It's com- Anakin, not, not... Yeah, not Vader. So, um... Anakin kills 96 people what on screen. Some of them are children. <laughs> yes. Such a um, he kills all the women and the children. <laughs> uh, how many does Vader kill? Vader only kills, like... Four or five with force chokes. Close. Eleven. Eleven. Um, okay. Rank Most these... of them on his own side. <laughs> <laughs> he was That's still, true. He was still working for the side of good, even then. Um, what about... Uh, so I want you to rank these uh, characters in terms of number of on-screen kills. Mm-hmm. R2-D2, Padme, Darth Maul, and Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> so who's got the most? Who's got the least? Do you count droids as kills? No. Okay. Uh, I don't think so. Darth Maul kills one person. Literally one person. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes so Darth Maul is the least deadly right. of those four characters. <laughs> Who does Jar Jar kill? I don't see Jar Jar killing anyone. He kills oh, the droids sorry, by mistake. He's tripping over that gun, kind of blasting droids. Yeah, but they're droids. That's why I was specifically okay, asking. No, I, I, you know what? I didn't check these stats. Maybe it does include droids. Okay, well then Jar Jar would be up near the top because he did pretty well. Um, R2, R2 is a R2, guidance R2, unit. Yeah, but R2 sets fire to those two super battle droids in episode 3. True. Oil slick. He electrocutes Vermicious Crumb. Like, yeah, I guess, faithful, so so yeah. I guess we're, we're saying that maybe these droids do have consciousness mm. and so okay. their deaths do count. <laughs> which really horrifies me now that I think yeah. about yeah. it. I'd probably put Padme, Padme near the top. She does a lot of shooting the clones in episode 2. Yep. 
And then in episode three, Padme, she's completely sidelined. So like Padme, Jar Jar, R2, Darth? Or maybe R2 and Jar Jar around the other way You were right the first time. Oh, Pad- yeah. Padme got ten. Nailed it. My blind guessing has got Here's, here's, the, here's the graph. Um, so Padme's got ten kills, Jar Jar's got seven, R2, D2, five, and Darth Maul, only one. But what a kill. Yes. Wow. Yes. I'm really disappointed Mace Windu so far down the bottom where's, as well. Where's Han? He spends a lot of time. Or Yoda. Have they, have, hold on. Have they made another special edition where he doesn't even shoot Greedo at all? <laughs> <laughs> Is this what happened? Um, okay, so uh, let's just move on to the next question. Why was Luke Skywalker seeing red rather than feeling blue in New Hope? There's a big fan of blood ends. Is it it because originally he was supposed to be part of Blue Squadron, but they couldn't get the the blue on the X-wing fighters to work with the blue screen, so they changed it to Red Squadron. That is absolutely correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He's still, in, he's still in Blue Squadron in the novelization of the of the of Star Wars. Because they didn't blue. have blue screens in the book. In the book, he's blue fired. In the movie, he's red fired. Ah, Blue Squadron finally appears in Force Awakens, where we finally have the technology to have things that are blue. <laughs> um, okay. Because uh, if you notice, like um, R two, often he he's supposed he, to be blue, kind of but black. it looked yeah. it looked really black. Mm. Um, when you see the exterior shots of him in the X-Wing. I thought that was just his war paint. He, like, paints himself black. <laughs> he's, like, gone... Like kind of a yeah. <laughs> Or a mission. No wonder he managed to kill so many. <laughs> okay, uh, one more question for this round. After Order 66, where are the most Jedi to be found? On the ground, dead. <laughs> <laughs> the most living Jedi. The most. The, sorry, sorry. After they're dead, the most Jedi. The most living. After Order sixty six, where are the most living Jedi to be found? Are we inclu- including? Are we including Star Wars Rebels? Yep. Ooh. How many? Trick question. Yes, it is a trick question. Oh, is it? In New Zealand, after we all filled in the census. Correct. New Zealand has the highest uh, Jedi per head of population in the world. Um, we have 53,000 people who listed themselves as Jedi on the yeah, census. I this was in the, this was in the, I've got the 2001 census here. Um, so that 1.5% of the population are Jedi. Wait, the Jedi are the 1%? So that, that puts them higher than Buddhism and uh, uh, Hinduism. Okay. Well, uh, that was really sad though because there was a certain registered number that you need to actually become a religion in New Zealand. I can't remember this, but it, it well exceeded that. But the set, stats department, the boring old stats department, went no. Well, their official response count. was answer understood, but will not be counted. Uh, <laughs> um, it's like they only want useful information yeah. from the census. Which city in New Zealand has the highest Jedi oh. population? Wellington. It's not like, Wellington. Per capita or per capita? Per capita. Right. Um, would it be Nelson? Yeah, it seems like it would be a place where all the hippies like go. <laughs> <laughs> Dunedin. There's like five people who live there. In one Dunedin is correct. Oh, Dunedin. Yeah. Students. 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 Pranksters, all of them. Yep. Um, With their burning couches. Oh. So New Zealand has the highest uh, per percentage, but where has, which, which place has the highest uh, number of Jedi? California, surely. Uh, nope. No. Nope. The most Jedi are in England and Wales. They have 390,000 people who uh, put their religion as Jedi. Actually, actually it it makes sense. The Welsh spell their names a lot like the Star Wars movies do. (laughs) You know that the government's keeping tabs on that information, though, come a crisis. Like when all the normal systems fail, like who do we turn to? (laughs) Who we got on the database? The Welsh! 390,000 Jedi? Awesome. Um, one of the founders of the Church of Jediism was removed from a Tesco supermarket uh, for refusing to remove his hood uh, for religious reasons. 
Is, um, is there a religious reason for a Jedi to keep their hood up? Well, actually, Tesco came back with quite a good argument, um, which is that uh, Obi-Wan, Yoda, and Luke all appear uh, are willing to take off their hoods. The only person who doesn't take their hood off is the Emperor. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, so they were probably, uh, given that, they were probably concerned about shoplifting. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in, uh, in England, 6,000 people uh, put down their religion as heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> but Norway, mm. they love that shit there. Um, all right, that brings us to the end of the nerd quotient round. General Dodona, uh, what are the scores? Uh, yes, yes, I uh, have the scores. Uh, let me just do some calculations. Uh, actually, you know what? Before I do, uh, it reminds me of a time <laughs> when uh, we sent some fighters in to destroy Starkiller Base. Or, actually, was that the first Death Star? Well, they both look the same to me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the scores are General Skux, 15 points, and Jen and the Holocrons trail behind on 12 points. Oh. All right, round of applause for General Skux. Okay, this next round is going to be a tricky one. Uh, this one is called... Um, Always look on the bright side of the force. Uh, so the challenge uh, for this, the, the team that wins this round will be the team that can make the strongest case for the prequels. Uh, so you, okay. need, you need to make the best arguments in favour of the prequels. You will, I will deduct points if you say anything negative about them. Okay. Well, um, first and foremost, uh, The Phantom Menace features one of the best lightsaber fights in the entri- entire uh, series of films thus far. It has uh, Jedi and Sith at the height of their powers, Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul, with a double-ended lightsaber. I mean, that moment alone is a spectacular part of the mythos. It expands the entire universe in terms of variations of numbers of blades a lightsaber can have. <laughs> does, it does have the most variation of numbers of blades, that's true. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yes? that uh, what's really more important in the prequels is, is the emotional journey that we watch Anakin go on and because I know that for me watching that third film and the horrifying Bernie body chopped up legs I, try, I believed in you moment was utterly heart wrenching and uh, I don't think I ever had that same sort of emotional wrenching moment in the in the in the the original trilogy. Well, we know so that Ben did. We know that Ben did, but he was mm. very young watching it. And I think, think young Ben could have handled uh, burning Anakin. Oh, better no, than, no way, mm. no way. Um, to, to this way, I still haven't shown Episode Three to my four-year-old daughter. Uh, because of the, because the amputation and being burned alive. <laughs> but I, I think the thing as well that you have to remember about the Phantom Menace is that it could have been longer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give uh, you a point for that. Yes. Another, another good point in uh, in favour of the prequels is, of course, uh, the, the the fine music by John Williams. He's obviously learned a lot since then and did some f- Duel of the Fates. Uh, Phenomenal. The love theme between Anakin and uh, Padme, what, the most convincing part of their relationship. Um, they had a really romantic theme song. And, um, yeah, the, the, the music really drives uh, the, the, the movie forward. Okay. There's also um, the fact that for the first time in cinematic history, somebody dishes the real dirt haha, about sand and how what an awful substance it really is. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. You know, it gets in cracks and yeah. Finally someone said what we're all thinking about sand. Right. Absolutely. So, I think, I think yeah. also the allegory, um, Jen only touched on it, but the, the allegory, uh, obviously uh, George Lucas wrote the original trilogy um, in the wake of the Vietnam War. Um, where re- rebellion, guerrilla warfare, um, and then in the prequels, he wanted to write about the rise of an empire, the rise of a dictatorship, the um, election of a charismatic but ultimately twisted and evil leader, um, and democracy being completely subverted by um, a demagogue who sp- spreads lies. And so, I think in terms of sheer political predictions and allegory, um, it stands up as a much superior um, metaphor and cautionary tale for the uh, for the modern day. All right, I'm going to have to give you extra points for that one. That's good. And also the sand thing. The mm. sand. I think as well the, um, the, the prequels gave us um, back, a, back a hero that we could find... Uh, 
incredibly attractive. And uh, that is Ewan McGregor. Mm. Yeah. Um, the definitive and, portrait of Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Defining. Beautiful mm. man who wanted to be there as well. He wasn't phoning it in like any other Obi-Wan Kenobis mm. who didn't want to be there. Yeah, I mean, he was the only Obi-Wan Kenobi who made his own lightsaber noises when doing the yes. fight scenes. Yes. We got adorable uh, interviews of him on Graham Norton. Mm. We didn't get that from the, the later... How do I frame that? The late... The other ones. <laughs> the other I, also, the groundbreaking special effects. Like, the level of special effects in uh, The Phantom in, a, in, the, in the original trilogy um, is obviously... George, George Lucas was limited and constrained and had to come up with clever ways around it. In the, tr- in the prequels, he could fully realise his vision. And you can see on that screen that the performances... The fullness of the his perform- vision. Like, yes. the... The performances of the actors is totally matched by the quality of the CGI animation <laughs> in that film. And they are they are synonymous with one another, indiscernible, in fact. Yeah, you, you can almost believe that Hadrian Christensen is real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think as well, it was it was what it was 1997. I mean, the internet was just starting to become a thing, and we were only then we didn't really understand what the internet was going to teach us about how many uh, angry young men. <laughs> There were out there on the internet who, like, their, their hate was unfocused on anything in particular. And this thing came along which gave them, like, a, a focus and an energy. And who knows, if they didn't have the Phantom Menace, they might have gone out and, like, and just, like, you know, shot up a supermarket. <laughs> if, if, they didn't, if they didn't have somewhere to focus their anger. So, you, so Ben's argument is... The prequels stopped mass shooting. I think they probably, I think they probably did. I feel I like they probably did. They, they should have made more of those films and of that quality because then maybe we wouldn't have ended up with freaking Gamergate. Mm. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Also, also, if you watch the movies in order, if you watch episodes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you watch an amateurish, self-indulgent director start off. Develop his storyline and characters, finally perfect his craft in episode four, and then wisely hand the franchise off to other directors to continue his vision. So, watched in order of episodes. It's actually a lovely, beautiful story of, um, of, of how a director can develop over time. <laughs> okay, uh, any, uh, any final statements that people need to make? Jar Jar Binks is probably. The greatest ever film character named after a glass storage vessel. <laughs> mm. uh, the, uh, the, the, the prequel trilogy is much more inclusive. Kamira Morrison, Samuel L. Jackson. All of the clones are Maori. Yeah. All of them are Timura Morrison. That's fucking cool. <laughs> I'm just going to go with Liam Neeson in a beard. Mm. <laughs> All right, well... Uh, well <laughs> That brings us to the end of that round. You guys did really well. Thank you. Thank nice you. Nice work, guys. Thank you. Can we ben? have a shower now? That was negative. I feel like I'm going to need to get oh. to a Bacta tank for a week. Sorry, I hadn't quite closed the round out. Oh. Yeah, sorry. What? Oh. I was just going to say I need a shower because I'm so, so, so hot and bothered over the quality of those. Keep digging, Jeff. I'm going to go over to General Dodona for an update on the scores. Uh, yes, General Dodona here. It, uh, that round reminded me of a, uh, a certain lightsaber battle I once saw on Mustafar between Obi-Wan and Anakin, actually. General Skux still have the advantage <laughs> on 21 points. Jin and the Holocrons, they trail behind on 19 points. I'm sure Jin and the Holocrons would give an arm and a leg for the high ground. <laughs> Again, plus three to attack. <laughs> um, all right, let's, let's move on to the next round. Uh, this is the quotes round, the fabled quotes round. Uh, so the challenge here is uh, to... Com- I will give you one word from a quote. Um, see if you can complete the quote. If I need to, I'll give you two words. I don't really want to do more than that. Never. <laughs> Never tell me the odds. Correct. Solo. <laughs> it's only going to get scarier. Now. Young Jedi, you will die. That's not the one I have. You will see the power of this fully operational, battle, operational battle station. Correct. Yes. 
Um, let's see, let's see. Um, great. Wars do not make one great. That is a that is a line involving the word great. <laughs> great. Wars do not make one great. Um, great. Great shot, kid. That was one in a million. Correct. <laughs> Laugh. It up, fuzzball. Correct. <laughs> Uh, strike. Me down and I will only become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Correct. Okay, now I want to try... I want to try and make this a little bit harder. Some... Yeah, no words. Some of these lines start with, um, vocalizations. So... Let's see. Let's see how we do with these. Aww. Um, but I was gonna go down Toshi Station and pick up some power. Correct. Next one. Uh, We're fine. We're all fine. Everything's fine here. How are you? Yeah, I'll I'll accept that. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the, the full quote is, oh, we had a slight weapons malfunction. Um, okay. Ugh! <laughs> and I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Correct! Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. Never aware of what he was doing. Hmm. <laughs> it's a Yoda line. It's a, it is a Yoda line. This one, how it goes, hmm, and then, hmm. Adventure. Excitement. A Jedi craves not these things. Correct. <laughs> okay. One more. Okay. Han! Yeah, I'll give you points for that. That's not the only line that follows a choking noise, though. Oh. Oh, um... That's enough. Vader, release him. No, wait, wait. Uh, We intercepted another transmission. (laughs) That's that's another line that has a choking (laughs) noise, actually. (laughs) 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 All right, I'll give you points for that. Okay, okay. I was actually... Congratulations on your promotion, Admiral Viet. <laughs> yes, th- so this is Apology a... accepted, Captain Nita. Skull. <laughs> 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 oh my god, I'm so sure. I was so this is this is a response to a choking noise. So one character makes a choking noise and then the other one comments. Quick, put the cat out, it's gonna be sick. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just Star Wars, not your personal life. Um, it was, of course, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Um, oh my God! Give them all a round of applause. I have no idea what we're going to do next year. <laughs> Uh, General Dona, uh, an update on the scores. Yes, yes, this is uh, getting quite tense. It's like watching a holo-chess game between a, a droid and a Wookiee. Anyway, <laughs> General Skux, 28 points. Jin and the Holocrons are not far behind. One point behind on 26 points. <laughs> 27 General points. General Dona's more about strategy than that. <laughs> 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 Sorry. How many fighters came back from the Death Star side? How wide is the thermal exhaust port? <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes, are you sure? That's why it went so wrong. <laughs> um, all right, it's time for the final round. This is the debate round. Uh, so uh, the topic for this debate is, it would be great to have Jedi in the real world. <laughs> Uh, so, General Skux, as the team in the lead, you will argue that yes, it would be great to have Jedi in the real world. Jin and the Holocrons, 
you'll be arguing that it would not be great to have Jedi in the real world. So, uh, you'll make your opening arguments, you'll have time for rebuttal, and then a closing statement. General Skucks. Well, the thing about the Jedi, right, is that they're basically the UN peacekeepers dialed up to the 11. Dialed up to the 11. Because what can they actually do? They're actually effective. You drop them into a trade dispute, they sort that right out. You drop them into, like, a, a rank or nest, they sort that right out. Basically, everywhere where the world has problems, you could parachute Jedi in, and they would sort it out. And if everyone tried to mess with them, they wouldn't have an assurance because Jedi are Jedi, basically, aren't they? Yeah, it's, it's a much smarter way of uh, making use of the world's resources. I mean, we don't end up with drones that go in and kill indiscriminately. We don't send a whole lot of normies into battle just to die. We send... Like a couple Like two of Jedi. Jedi maximum. Like two Jedi. <laughs> two Jedi. It's focused. They don't shoot the wrong people because they don't have blasters. they got the other suckers. They're called lightsabers. The negotiations um, will be short. Yeah. It's uh, like... And and basically, they're not distracted by romantic relationships. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on that point, we're going we're gonna to turn over to Jin and the Holocrons. Uh, what do you have to say against Jedi? Well, I think... Um, you know, for all the good that the Jedi do, they are essentially uh, the Catholic Church with laser swords. They <laughs> are—they uh, are celibate. They're emotionally repressed. They are—they are raised from an early age uh, to follow a relatively zealous religion that uh, encourages detachment and lack of emotional attachment. And. Um, I, I, you know, they have uh, ability to control minds. They operate outside of the government with no oversight. And um, <laughs> e- even more troubling is they can't always see what's going to happen because clouded the future is. <laughs> so um, how can we trust that the Jedi would be a force for good? Or how many, how many would be tempted to the dark side? Yeah, what's your structure, you know? Uh, <laughs> governmentally speaking, um, how you're overseeing these guys. They're kind of sneaky. Um, they've got all their special powers. I just who, don't who watches the Jedi men? Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, of that, the Jedi are much more inclusive than the Catholic Church because women are allowed to be Jedi. Uh, women aren't allowed. To I don't be remember seeing how many on the women council. did you see on the Jedi Council? Hey, look, there's issues. <laughs> I'm not saying it's, it's perfect. Here's the thing: you're hearing a lot of anti-Jedi sentiment from the two people over on our right. Always two there are. <laughs> a master and an apprentice. I'm just going to leave that out there. I thought, I thought you said that it only takes two to win a war. But there's a lot of them. Mm. Do you know okay, what, any, yes, any more I was going to say, do you know what's adaptable in every climate? A robe. <laughs> like, <laughs> comfortable in any weather, loose flying, just like practical and just ideal. And like... I think Jedi would inspire a fashion craze that would all make us more comfortable, essentially. And it'd just be really cool to have like people with magic powers, like especially like, in your house. In your house, and like, like well, where's I mean, the remote? <laughs> yeah, and there it is. Yes, like, but it's, okay, okay, it's okay. Thank, thank you, thank you. We'll, we'll hand it over to Jen and the As Holocron. convincing as Ben's argument about garments is, um, I, I want to go back to his earlier point where he insinuated that Jeff and I. Ah, Sith. (laughs) Now, this is the thing about the Jedi. Only they kind of know who the Sith are, and a few aren't their friends, or maybe they they want something that you've got, then all they have to do is point their finger and go, oh, those two. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, those, those are, are the droids you're um, looking for. We're, <laughs> we're going to take you will buy them. the Jedi do a false flag operation every time. <laughs> they just accuse someone of being Sith, and that's it. Uh, Order 66 was an inside <laughs> job. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I'd like to hear closing statements from each side, starting with the affirmative. They're magic, they're effective, and they look stylish. <laughs> Thank you. And for the negative. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the ability to use the force would uh, destroy us all. <laughs> Whoa. How uplifting. Whoa. All right. <laughs> the stakes are high. Audience, yes, the stakes are high. Audience, you will now decide whether Jedi would be good in the real world or not. So uh, I will point to each team. I want you to applaud for the team that you think made the like stronger argument. Like 1.5% of the audience should be on our side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad we avoided midichlorians. 
Until then, Jeff. Mm. Until All then. right. Do you think Jedi would be a good thing? Yes. Do you think Jedi would be a bad thing? Yes. All right. Thus democracy dies. <laughs> with the sound of tumultuous applause. <laughs> All right, those points go to Jen and the Holocrons. So uh, while General Dodona is adding up the scores, uh, just yeah, <laughs> we might need to send someone to check on his numbers as well. Um, <laughs> just, we just have a few people to thank. Uh, first of all, a big thank you to Orange Studios for hosting us every month. Also, uh, the uh, um, we had we were lucky enough to have two stormtroopers uh, come and oversee our recording tonight. So uh, a big round of applause for Kerry and Josh, our yeah. stormtroopers. I th- you know, I thought that like the second year we had stormtroopers, I'll be like, oh yeah, oh there's some stormtroopers. But I still could not resist like just going <laughs> every time I saw them. And General Dodona. yes, yes, I'm here. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I'm uh, calculating the scores. I was just thinking about this uh, this time when I went uh, I went to the supermarket with Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, we got to the supermarket. There was only one trolley, and we thought, hmm, who's going to take it? And I. Had an argument with him. He put his blaster on me. And I said, okay, it's yours. I had to accept that Han shopped first. <laughs> the final scores for tonight. It was an epic battle. General Skux remain on 28 points and Jin and the Holocrons win with 37 points. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have. Thank you so much for coming along. Good night. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, I've decided to put a message at the end instead of at the start. Man, I just, I love that episode. I don't know how it comes across in the recording, but you would not believe how electric the atmosphere was watching four adults trying to complete Star Wars quotes. Um, yeah, so uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's almost Christmas time. If you wanted to give the Nerd Degree a Christmas gift, uh, something that you could really do is go onto iTunes and rate and review us. It does make a big difference in getting other people to see, uh, uh, probably listen to our podcast is probably better than seeing it. Um, or you could like verbally tell someone about it if you think that they would like it. That would be awesome as well. Um, I mean, we're going to keep making the podcast either way, but it would be nice if you if it would be nice if more people listen to it. Uh, yeah, so uh, we'll see you next time. I mean, listen. <laughs>